hate humans. The cat meow. Good evening. Welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster. I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott. And our guest today is... It's Paul Winfield from Liverpool Airport. And as Helen uh, sorry, that she said, the man in the know, director of aviation development at Liverpool. So he's responsible for all the new routes and getting airlines to come and uh, going to new countries and new cities. So we want to know exactly what's going on. I know the longest banner that I've ever typed. Um, so <laughs> massive, massive thank you for, for giving your time up. We know that you're super busy. So it's really kind of you to give your time up and um We've just been having a little chat off here, so there's loads of things that we're going to find out. So we're going to quickly go, okay, because we, we we need to give Paul quite a lot of time because he's got loads yeah. of good stuff to talk about. So shout out to any kids, any little people who've done amazing things this week. Um, Sandra, do you want to give a shout out to any little people? Yes, I did have somebody actually, and I had it saved. Paul, if you want to go first, and I'm organised as ever, you know, and I'll um, find my young person because it was made up what they did, this sponsored event. Go on, Paul. Have you got any little people, Paul? I have, yeah. I've got three. Uh, keep me busy. Uh, it's quite nice to be on this this call. really gets me away, away from them for, for <laughs> half an hour or so. But, yeah, no, mine are, mine are what, 12, 8 and 7. And, you know what I mean? I, certainly before COVID, I think the thing for me was, like, not spending enough time. And I think, you know, sort of reset for me has been great. And, you know, it's... Uh, my little one particularly, he's always he's off playing football every five minutes. So, you know, he's a uh, Tuesday, I think, is my only night away. So, just shout out to every little kid, you know, I'm made up to see them all having fun after being locked in for, for two years and they deserve all the fun they can have in my eyes. Oh, 100%. And with the weather today, is amazing, isn't it? Like for them all to yeah. be playing out, which is pretty. Absolutely. Are you ready, Sam? Have you found I'm it? I'm worried that my congratulations is your congratulations because you put it on the page. I know you're going to talk about Erin, aren't you? Okay. Yeah. Well, I was, but if that's, yeah, who, um, who did extremely well and she um, was crowned national grade three champions of gymnastics at the national finals, which yeah. is the city of. City Liverpool Gymnastics Club, that's who I was going to shout out to, to as well. Is that so, Erin well she, she used to, uh, she's actually, a, her mum is a friend of my wife's, so I know Erin very well. She's Whoa. amazing, honestly. How bad is that? I know, it is. She went to nursery with my daughter, always young, and kept in touch with the parents, so she's, um, oh, isn't that she's doing a gymnast's uh, unbelievable. And the commitment yeah. and the focus for young person, it's like your lads do footy, don't they, Paul? I know, when yeah. you down there every week you've got to take them to training you take and the commitment from the parents it requires getting the kids to all these activities constantly you know the kids yeah. need the support so well done to her and her family brilliant well done so that was a, a double shout out for them and um, a success this week for you personally that's been amazing um we're gonna go with paul this time something that's happened to you paul or do you want to have a little think and we'll go with sandra go for sandra first Go on, Sam. Okay, well, um, a bit of a strange one. Um, but I had a giant lump on the end of my arm, which came from nowhere, which was entertaining, that Ronan said was disgusting and was like a jellyfish. Um, and I was very happy because people go, no, oh, it could be sepsis, it could be this, it could be that. And I went the walk in and the nurse went straight away, oh, yeah, know what that is, no problem. Give it a rest for a week. You've, it's just you've done too much with that arm. And I thought, okay, cool. So that was a little success because it wasn't anything horrendous. Perfect, <laughs> perfect. Um, are you good, Paul? Yeah, no, uh, I guess, I mean, it's been a, a blare of a week, but I actually uh, managed after about five years to meet my eldest mate who I went to primary school with. He's, when we were four, he's lived in Colorado for a long, long time. So, so with COVID, he managed to get back to Liverpool for a few days, so... We managed to get a couple of beers in the halfway house in Bolton, and you know, you realize for three years we've known each other now. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, uh, St. Anthony of Padua. Oh, St. Anthony, where my cousin went as well. But he's not got very far, I'm afraid. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's Easter. I love that when you see them, and, and it's like you've never been away all those years later, which yeah, is lovely. Isn't it? It's a good friendship. Now. He left the Scouser and now he's uh, 
on American accent. <laughs> oh, bless him. Amazing. Um, and I'm my success this is that the wedding went ahead and we were in Swansea. So the wedding had been put back three times because um, oh. Sarah's um, brother and sister both live in New Zealand and now New Zealand are able to fly home. Um, they were able to have the wedding and it was just amazing. It was boss. It was just great to be out in there. So, yeah, so um, that's my success this week is at the actual wedding and it was beautiful. And we wish Sarah and Flinny all the best uh, for the future. Um, so, we're going to play. Oh, go on. And I minded your dog who was fine, didn't get lost, nothing bad happened to it. Great. That was a success. She's under my feet now. Just saying. <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to play this or that. Are you going first or am I going first? Well, I'll go first then. Go on. This is an amusing one for me with Paul. Okay. Lufthansa or British Airways? Is that to me? It's got to be Lufthansa, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, to explain why. Well, from a purely biased uh, point, I mean, they, they, you know, they started flying into Liverpool in May. So uh, we're going with those, those companies who support Liverpool. So... Uh, you know, definitely Lufthansa for me. They've put the put the money into the the city of Liverpool, so, so they're, my, they're my number one. There. Fantastic. I'm going to go Lufthansa as well. I've never flew flew on either of them. I think I might have done a British Airways a long time ago, but um, yeah, I'm going to go Lufthansa for the same reasons as Paul. What about mm -hmm. you, Sam? Well, I'm going to go British Airways, obviously, because he paid for me to learn several languages. <laughs> 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 before I went to university and, and did my degree um, in languages. So uh, I'm very grateful to British Airways. The training I received when I worked for them was amazing. Um, I have flown with Lufthansa once from Nairobi to um, Frankfurt's position, and that was it, um, which was the infamous, and that was a red face when I had to get up in the night to go alone and, and climbed over this guy who woke up when I was straddled across him. There's no other way to put it. That was with all my mates crying, laughing from the crew. That was awful. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was my experience with Lufthansa. Although we did travel business class, they gave us an upgrade. So, <laughs> so I'm just going to say we've never had a little shocked face as one of our little emojis at the top. And as soon as you said you did that, a little shocked face. Oh, well, it was terrible. I climbed across. He woke up and my face was there. <laughs> the leg out was awful. That's just my life, really. Perfect. Brilliant. Okay. When you arrive at the airport, okay, and you're going on your holidays, so not Paul when you're working day, or when you're going on your holidays, do you have a beer or tea or coffee? So would you go for like into the bar oh, or into the cafe? Yeah, but if I'm on holiday, I'll be honest, definitely a beer. It's got to be, hasn't it? <laughs> what about you, son? Well, if I'm on holiday, it's not a beer because I don't drink beer, but if it's breakfast, <laughs> I'd have a books fizz or something like that. If it's later in the day, I'll have him um, probably a Bacardi or a glass of wine or something like that. Definitely. What about you? Alcoholic drink because there's never a time zone in the airport when you're going on your holidays. Yeah. yeah. Go on, Sam. Okay. Right. I'm still on my same track. Easy Jet or Ryanair. Now you. Oh, I had that. Both awesome. Liverpool. Hey. That. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Uh, right. Do you know what? I'm going to say... How many routes each airline has out the airport? Is that what you're basing this on? No, no, I'm going to go personal here. So, yeah, my, my sister lives in south of France, so I normally have to fly Ryanair. So, on that personal basis, I'll, uh, I'll go with Ryanair because it gets me... Gets me to see my sister. Oh, oh that's, that's a good one. Easy Jet. Easy Jet for me. Easy Jet for me. Easy jet. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Okay. Okay. Spider Man or Superman, Sandra? Spider Man or Superman? Superman, because he holds down a career as a journalist and saves the world. <laughs> Not that he can fly. He's a scoop. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Got to be Superman, aren't it? When I was a kid, everyone used to love a bit of Clark Kent, didn't they? You know. Yeah. Oh, I'd Superman. go Spider Man so I could swing through the buildings like that. Yeah, <laughs> and climb up and all that. I know. I think Spider Man's well cooler. Um, okay, go on, Sam. Okay. Um, mountain holiday or beach holiday, Paul? 
definitely beach i'm not I'm, i'll be honest like i'm the worst person for like you know exploring and stuff like that uh really? see weird given my job but i think just with like work and kids i've got you know yeah like when i get a chance to take a holiday you know uh, no it's just easier it's easier on the beach isn't it <laughs> oh fair enough it mountains for me what about you son um hmm i don't know it's nice to go and sunbathe okay if you have two hot if you have like a couple of holidays a year no you've only got one for the rest of your life oh, one <laughs> for the rest of my life and nothing else beach but mountains is a close second okay um, okay. Helicopter or plane? Oh, well, I can't answer this one. Um, Every day of the week, a plane for me. Every day of the week. I, I don't like flying that much, to be honest, which is bizarre That's in my opinion. You wouldn't see me in a helicopter. No chance. Absolutely no chance. Like, my wife tried to get me in one of those. You know, when you go to Vegas and they do those over the yeah. Nevada, and I can't think of it. Grand Canyon can't think of anything worse, honestly. I was like, not a chance I'm getting in that. <laughs> what about you, son? Well, I've never been in a helicopter, oh. so I'd like to go in one. Um, so I don't know. So at the moment, it's plain. Because <laughs> it doesn't do any difference. Now, you've been in both, Helen, haven't you? A helicopter's well more exciting. Running across the tarmac, yeah. jumping in the helicopter, shh, off you go. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you're in a movie. So yeah, I'd, I'd go helicopter 100% more than a plane. Although I love flying as well, but I'd, I'd definitely go helicopter. Right, Paul, I think that's hilarious because you've worked, have you only worked for airlines your whole life? Uh, since like, honestly, since 2006, until COVID, my, I was traveling so much and we just started again. Uh, I'm not but scared you... of flying. I think it's just, you know, when you've done something so much. But yeah. you must have been in US Airways before then. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah, US Airways was 2000, I think, to 2006. Yeah. And then, then ever since then, my job has always involved travel and taking me all over the place, really. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think it, it, I've never been afraid of flying. I think just more, you know, if I'll you're in all the time, yeah, like you're I'll doing it for your job. It's just like when people go on holiday, isn't it? Yeah, when people work away and they go abroad, you know, yeah. like to, to something, and everyone goes, "Oh, it must be boss that you know you you're staying in a hotel here," and they and they go, "Oh no, we're in work. You're not with your mates. You're in a hotel. You end up on your own in the hotel room and sort of things like that, isn't it? You know, when that, that you say flying and traveling and stuff like that. Nice it comes bored, the, doesn't it? Yeah, um, like you know, go to somewhere for one night, stay in an airport hotel, come home. It, it's not like, you you know, you're going to Jamaica for five nights and working for Yeah, wait, wait, your mates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yeah. not. I know. Right, Sam, we've done this other. Okay, we're going to yeah. pass it over. I'm going to let you introduce Paul. And we've got till about 45, 35 minutes, 35 minutes. Okay, brilliant. So I'm absolutely delighted that Paul's come on the show today. I've been trying to get you to come on for a while, haven't I? But you've been busy yeah. and stuff like that because uh, Paul and I used to work together a long, long time ago. Yeah. We worked for the same firm. Certainly I was on the Italian desk, wasn't I? And you did groups for Spanish, I think, um, in for US Airways, which used to be in Silk House Court, which is apartments now. And Paul, when you've had a few, you went on and you progressed, haven't you, in your sector and industry? And you've got a very important job now, um, because you're responsible. Basically, you're the director of aviation air development, so getting all the new routes into the city and um, encouraging airlines to come to Liverpool and get, getting us to new cities and things like that, which just benefits the whole of the northwest. And um, so, I would love you to tell us about your journey and how you came to do what you did and what's happened recently, and and then let us. Any any top tips you heard it first at the airport here, and any new routes that we can uh, look forward to going to? Yeah, no, sure. Thank you, thank you, Sandra. Like I said, we did work together a long time ago. I, I seems a, another life done it in, in some respects, but you know, I, I did university. I went to France for university, studied French. Uh, I've got a job at US Airways where they were hiring like multilingual people. I know in real interest in aviation i can't say you know i wasn't one of i meet lots of people in this 
field who, you know, they was on the edge of a runway spotting planes when they were three. And I, I was not like that, I'll be honest. But that being said, at US Airways, I started to take a, an interest in how the function of an airline. And I thought it was quite interesting. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, why do they fly there? And why, why do they, you know, why is that route like twice the size of that route? And just started asking myself questions and, you know, I ended up moving from Liverpool uh, in US Airways to a company called ASM, which was in, they are still going in Manchester. They're, they're a consultant for route development with basically how you get new routes. And I, you know, working on the group's desk, I think, at US Airways, you start asking these questions about, you know, could you move that flight two hours later so we can accommodate people that yeah. want to get on the flight? And then I worked uh, in Manchester, I think, between 2006 and 2013, 14. I worked for lots of airports there. So, you know, the company was a consultant, basically would work for for anyone in many different streams. So I was doing things like one minute you'd be working for Amsterdam, supporting their team on a, you know, we want a flight to Mumbai. Can you guys help us do do the analytics on, on the route? Yeah. And then... And then it'd be, you know, working for a greenfield in Poland who decided, you know, mayor decided he wanted to build an airport. I need someone who knows what they're talking about. So, you know, can you write a 10-year traffic forecast for a new airport? And wow. who could we attract and all this type of stuff? So that was a, I was a, I'm not say young, I wasn't that young, but it was, it was a company full of experienced people and I wasn't. So it was a, a real steep learning curve in Manchester, I have to say. Really challenging, you know, in terms of learning things quickly, working with people who've been in the industry, you know, 30 years, who who don't really want to ask the lad from Liverpool his opinion who's just joined. So it was, uh, you know, it was tough, but I have to say from a knowledge base and skill-wise, it was brilliant. And so, then, Paul... When you say that you're doing analytics and things, does that mean you're sort of looking at industry in the area who might come here on business or is there a holiday market or what do you mean? What type yeah. of analytics? I mean, if, if you look at, I'm trying to think of you know, route. Uh, if you look at like Liverpool to like Frankfurt, for example, yeah. I mean, which, you know, the new route with Lufthansa, I mean, that, I joined Liverpool in 20. I think December 13, I, I had my first meeting in Frankfurt in 2014. And I was sat with a colleague who was a great guy. And we went out and we met, there was about four guys from Lufthansa in the room. Honestly, they didn't listen. I don't think they listened to much we said. They were probably thinking, why are these guys here talking to us? We fly to Manchester five times a day. You know, yeah. you could see it. You know, I, I joked after the meeting to, to my colleague, Mark, I said, I think that, you know, one of them was writing down what he was having for dinner. You know, it, there was a real sort of, you know, they were very polite, but you could tell they just weren't interested in Liverpool. But as time progressed, I mean, we, the, the things we showed them was the growth of Liverpool as a city. So we'd work with partners in the city. You know, we worked with marketing Liverpool, the university. Yeah. Liverpool Football Club. So the universities, I have to say, were brilliant in terms of the data they supplied to us, how many overseas students they have. Our job is, is is a bit around the market, you know, understanding what sort of ticket price they'll get in Liverpool, how a route to Liverpool can complement what they do in Manchester, why it's a good thing for Liverpool. We show them how many passengers are travelling from the Liverpool region to yeah. markets that you could fly from from Liverpool and the big quest they always said well why would we be in Liverpool or in Manchester you know and I think over time we showed them not one how the city had progressed and they came you know they sent a delegation here in 2017 you know and I think at, at the time we were kind of surprised they'd come in a way because we felt it was a you know we were pushing against the door that wasn't really open. And I think when they came to the city, I mean, we couldn't have scripted it better, I have to say. It was a beautiful day. You know, we took them down the waterfront. It was buzzing. There was cruise ships in. We took them to the arena. The guys at the arena showed them around. We took, yeah. you know, the guys at the Chamber of Commerce talked about trade. You know, we'd done a presentation with Peel Holdings, who owned the airport at the time, about you know, how Manchester's 
were squeezing Lufthansa. And I think a lot of things came together. And those guys came to the city. We took them out for dinner. And the comment one of them made was, did you, did you handpick that waterfront? Because it was almost like there was Americans coming off the boat. Oh, you know, Chinese and Japanese taking pictures. And all the things we explained yeah. about demand to China, demand mm -hmm. to Japan, which, you know, you're not getting. They're going on Emirates and Etihad and Liverpool mm -hmm. can take this traffic for you. And all the things we've explained on a piece of paper. And, you know, our job is, you know, we, we're passionate about Liverpool. But, you know, if you're a guy sat in Frankfurt, yeah, he's probably interested, but they know nothing. And the yes. reality the reality is we're very close to Liverpool. And I think sometimes we feel people know more than they actually do. You know, and when we, certainly my team's experiences, there's times you go overseas and they don't, they, they couldn't pick us out on a map, you know. And I would argue to, you know, if I pick 50 people out of Liverpool, show me where Munich is, you know, yeah. they, they might know it's in Germany, well, they probably do, but, you know, and it's our job to to educate, you know, the guys who make decisions. And airlines, you look at a, an airline like Lufthansa or Ryanair, and you think of this corporate machine, you know, uh, Ryanair, 500 people, but ultimately pitching your route to them, you probably go down to three people, you know, mm -hmm. and I always say, I always say, you know, businesses are run by people and people can be, can be influenced, you know. And also, and by their experience and the vibe and how you make them feel. Paul, I want to know where you took them for dinner. Uh, panoramic, the, 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 the big tall building. So, yeah. uh, especially yeah, on a beautiful day, and you can look out, isn't it? The views are amazing. That was, that was the point of it, really. Was you know, unfortunately, what I found sometimes in this job is that airlines, particularly ones who aren't in Liverpool, that the first thought is London, Manchester, yeah. Edinburgh, and then we'll fight, fight out amongst the rest. You know, Liverpool, Leeds, Newcastle, and you know, it's our job to show them and show them we're not like a secondary city even Absolutely. though you know we're the what 11th biggest airport in the uk the city's the fifth biggest and that's something we're always trying to trying to emphasize and you know it's when you bring people here i have to say i mean we've brought a lot of airlines into liverpool some have worked some haven't but the consistent theme is i think people are surprised when they come here you know yeah. because they have unfortunately there is a perception, you know, when I lived abroad way before this job, you say I'm from Liverpool and people are like, oh, uh, you know, industrial. It's a stereotype, and, isn't it, of years yeah. and years yeah. ago and nobody sort of sees the, the beautiful waterfront that we've they got and how they we've don't. developed the city. Um, they don't. And did the capital of culture help on that? I think so. It just gives a bit of status, you know, and, and all the things that come to Liverpool, even things like, you know, Liverpool one and the arena and all these things we now take for granted. There's a there's yeah. people who live in the city, I can go to the arena. And we didn't have that before 2008. And yeah. you know, we we often talked to, you know, when we talked to Lufthansa, they were one thing they were really interested in. They were kind of convinced after they came here that they could sell, you know, they 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 thought they could get German tourists to Liverpool on their own plane. They felt confident that we can put passengers on their plane. I think where they were nervous was, is there any business? You know, and yeah. we know there's business, but that was, can you sustain a daily flight into Frankfurt and get us corporate business? And I think, you know, things like the arena where they're bringing in events, you know, daily conferences, without those things, you you kind of got a problem as a, as a major city. So... Um, I've done a bit of German with people um, who have done who do trade fairs abroad. So, and we're teaching them German specifically for going to trade fairs. They've never ever been able to go from Liverpool before with them, um, like an airline like Lufthansa, where you want to be able to change your flights all the time and things like it, that. No, you know, we, you know, we for you, we wrote an aviation strategy in like 2018 for the airport with the owners and yeah. one of the core pillars to develop was hub services and you know we met lots of people in the city stakeholders of the airport stakeholders in the region and really you know when you we say we are the biggest city in europe without a hub link mm. it's tough and people would say to me well why, why don't we and we unfortunately we've had a history of things coming in you know mm -hmm. klf was in until 2012 and failed 
before my time. You know, and I, I, I think Aer Lingus came in and tried the bits of North America, didn't quite work. And the big thing for this project with Lufthansa, it has to work. And the thing for us is we, we felt we picked the right partner, not just because I'm saying it because they're here. It was the one we targeted. You know, Germany is, is, itself is unserved. They have a huge network out of Frankfurt, Star Alliance partner. Yeah. You know, one of my colleagues, Tom, who's our social media manager, he he flew back the other day and he said he was sat next to a guy on the Frankfurt flight who was come from Nigeria to come to uh, Sefton Park, you know, to the, the festival. Oh, the African, oh, oh, oh yeah. 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 I love little anecdotes like that because yeah. before that, we've always said, and we, we've said it to the city region, if, if Liverpool as a city thinks... It, it, its best move is to not have an airport or not to have a viable growing airport. Yeah. Well, if, if you think you can operate Liverpool by flying from Manchester, well, I would. the big point I would say to anyone is this, is if you're trying to win and develop business into this city and win investment, well, if the first thing that guy who signs the deal is, is if he sees Manchester, what's he think? You know, he lands in Manchester and then travels 60 minutes or, you know, 80 minutes if it's a bad day and thinks, why don't I just, why don't I just put my business there where I've just landed? I can't be bothered with this car drive or train journey. So I think, you know, developing the airport way beyond my time at Liverpool is something. Yeah. Really well, I think cool. a lot of people, when they're investing in that, they look at the infrastructure, particularly yeah. to another country. If you look at Germany... So for me, for the size of Germany, it doesn't have as many airports as one would imagine. And I went to do a language course there and I remember flying and having to get the train, but the trains there are fantastic. And it's the train service is really good and it's quite um, comparably priced, very competitive, which is how they manage with so few airports for the size of the country. And um, I think, so they, other people might assume oh, we'll just get the trains everywhere. But if you can fly directly into the city, and of course we've got so much industrial space there, um, nearby industrial estates, you know, even in Speak itself, that sort of area, and then going out Halewood into Nosley, and they've got the the links now by the road. It's perfect, isn't it? It is, and 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 that's the big thing. I mean, Liverpool will always have a nice, the airport will always have a good leisure product. The thing where you know if you want to go to. Spain, Portugal, France, you know, happy days, you know, and it's my job to retain and grow that, which we do. Mm -hmm. But the, the big thing for the city and the city's investment in the airport is they should never take their, their eye off the fact that, you know, how invested Manchester as a city region is into the airport. And there's a reason for that because yeah. it creates a huge amount of, you know, economic benefit. And you know, Manchester's at the point now, yeah, I mean, you look, it's probably one of the biggest regional airports. I mean, in, yeah. in Europe, you will not find an airport like ours that has a, such a big competitor mm. as close and us being as big as we are. And, you know, it, I get it when, we, you know, you're getting a taxi and people tell you we should be bigger than Manchester. That ship sailed a long time ago. Mm. What, what we can do is, you know, work with them not work with them but we we can continue to grow while they grow they're, they're not going to yeah. stop we're not going to stop and the northwest region is a is a powerhouse region it really is absolutely and you know paul we've been hearing all the things going on at the moment about issues with baggage and stuff like that and security yeah. over the recent months and i'm not too sure what the issue is in my they're saying about staffing and stuff like that how have you find found it at the airport in Liverpool? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's tough to comment on Manchester, and I have to say, I mean, we, you know, we've had a little bit of fun on social media and like, you know, a little nibble at the problems there. But I think on a more serious level, we, you know, when it's come to like news features, we haven't because it's been a real tough time for aviation. It has. I mean, you know, we basically shut for two years. We had no government support as an industry. We had furlough. You look at Europe, Ireland, these, you know, airports receive huge amounts of cash because the government's realised it's a national infrastructure. And you have, you know, basically politicians now saying, well, you guys at Manchester should get your act sorted. But what did you expect them to do? 
you know, they've gone mm. from a 30 million airport with a huge cost base to yeah. not being allowed to fly for two years. And in January of this year, you've got Omicron coming and, you know, basically warnings, no one will be allowed to travel again. Do you expect an airport in Manchester to, to say, oh, we'll just keep everyone, you know, yeah. where it's slightly different for us, we're smaller and sometimes smaller can be helpful because it's, yeah. you know, in our instance, we had a very lean cost base already. We'd almost done the thing by nature of having Manchester next door. We really have to cut our cloth. Yeah. You know, we, we have airlines that, for the most part, our mix is more low cost than others. But that's because, you know, it's not because we want to be just low cost. It's because we're sat 30 minutes away from a 30 million airport. Yeah. And you know, that's the nature of where Liverpool is at. But in this instance, it's been a, a, a good thing in some instances because we've recovered quickly. Uh, but when furlough came along, we probably didn't have the complexities of a Manchester, so we didn't get rid of people being blunt. I think Manchester probably did. Uh, so, you know, we managed to retain staff. So when, when you know, when in January, we all sat in our head, in our hands, in, in our CEO's office going, Jesus, you know, not again. Yeah. When, when the market's ramped up and everyone wants to fly, well, we, we had people we weren't needing to go out and say, you know, oh, we need to go and get 40, you know, security agents now on a 12-week training course. So, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, it was, you know, it's lucky because it isn't lucky because yeah, we're yeah, of course. And it's yeah. kind it's kind to do that as well. It's charitable to be like that. I, I, you know, I think from a management perspective, there was not very few of us left in the airport in April 2000, you know, uh, 2020. The decisions were, were taken uh, to... You know, especially with furlough, it was easier to keep people at that point without furlough. I don't know, I don't, I'm not the CEO, but probably a bit tougher. But at the same time, it really has allowed us to 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 come back quickly. We we you know we haven't had problems, but at the same time, we don't want to sit there and come out on BBC News and put the boot in because you're probably you know a few people off having a similar problem uh, as they have at Manchester, and it's probably harder to defend as a five million airport but i would say to people who may have been put off traveling or are worried in liverpool there are no problems you know we're you know we're talking maximum i would say in the mornings our busiest time oddly around 4 a.m to 6 a.m when all the planes depart and everyone wants to check in you're probably talking 20 minute queues max where it's nothing, is it? It's nothing. It's nothing, and there's no. I would say. I mean, our we changed our our logo a while ago. You know, from uh, above us only sky, which we moved to faster, easier, friendlier. Really to try and I like that. Know, it was really to try and be current. And what are we about? You know, and and that is what we are. I mean, we we we've kind of lived and breathed that because we have to because. Yeah. You kind of have to be better than Manchester in 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 many senses because people yeah. expect it, uh, and that's that's worked for us. You know, we people can you know you can park up and you can probably be out your car sat in sat yeah. having a beer as we were talking about before, probably in fifteen to twenty minutes. And you know, I don't think you'll get that at the Heathrows and Manchester's and Gatwick's. Yeah, particularly yeah. Now. And, and for yeah. me, I'll tell you what I think is excellent is if you come to Liverpool and you hire in a car. The car hire places, they're all just there. It's that is the easiest thing of all. Whereas when you're in Manchester and you've had a car, you've got to go off somewhere in a bus and everything. And it literally is a stone's throw. You can just walk over it. it and I think that's really easy. Uh, you're right. And I think, to be honest, we're seeing the benefit of it. I mean, one thing we've noticed since since February, March, where things started to get a bit more normal uh, is, is it's the flights that we have are busy. And I think there's yeah. a bit of a fallout of, you know, if you look at, I, I was doing some work uh, the other day, really looking at looking at the, 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 the how busy the flights are because we're trying to plan our next three months. So, you know, we do all, my team does all the passenger forecasting, cash forecasting, how busy are we going to be? And the, the flights to the likes of Alicante are just, you know. They'd just be chockered, like triple over, wouldn't they? Busier than they were before COVID, you know, yeah. and it, because everybody wants to go on holiday, don't they? Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. I do, and I think people have read the stories at Manchester and they're like, do you know what? I'll go on 
we'll go from Liverpool. Yeah. Airport, website, <laughs> also on EasyJet and see where you can get to from Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. no doubt us. Um, I want to ask something, Paul. So we're going to Frankfurt at the minute in Germany, you're saying. Are they likely to look at some other routes as well, maybe, with them, do you think, down to Munich or Berlin? I think possibly Munich would be next. I mean, the two biggest hubs are Frankfurt and Munich. I, I probably, you know, I probably sound really boring here, but I, we've just got to make this one work. And, you know, for people listening who want to travel to global destinations, I would encourage them to support the service because ultimately I can talk to them blue in the face and give them nice spreadsheets and PowerPoints and you know, all these businesses are in Liverpool, but people do have to use the service. And I will always say that to our people who work at the airport as well. You know, don't be sat there in three years saying, oh, that didn't work. You know, you know, we try and book all our company travel where possible. We went to Bergen to a conference two weeks ago and we, we you know, we used it. And I have to say, it was pretty easy. You know, it's nice traveling out your own uh, your city airport, you know. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, my uncle Ron's listening in, and my uncle Ron says, "Have you met Michael O'Leary, the boss man at Ryanair? And if so, what is he like?" Ever controversial, Uncle Ron. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's he, a question. He, for, he, he's probably someone who's difficult to meet. I would say we. I met him once while I was at Liverpool Airport, and it was actually the most informal meeting I've ever seen. You know, it was. Someone rang me and went, Michael O'Leary's here and he wants to speak to someone at the airport. And the then CEO was, wasn't in. So someone said, Paul, can, can, can you arrange to meet? So I rang his PA and went, where is he? Starbucks. <laughs> so walked down to Starbucks in the, in the airport. You know, I had a suit on at the time. It was a bit more formal then, but like we were made yeah. to wear a suit. And he was, you know, this, I found a persona, you see, where he's very loud and controversial he was actually the opposite he was really really polite i mean he he saw me and went you know we must be paying your airport too much if you're wearing a suit you know and it, you know in my sense of humor and he actually was really calm and polite and really polite about the airport asked lots of questions about you know how we're finding life and that you know people say michael o'leary and airports generally when they go to see ryanair i think panicking because you know, the nature of the beast is right. Uh, probably caught yeah. most of the cards. Whereas, uh, to be honest, he couldn't have been couldn't have been more of a gentleman with in the half hour I spent with him. He's really, really nice guy. But on a working level, yeah, we, we don't tend to, to have the chance to speak to him. No. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Have you got any um, exciting things in the, um, you know, coming up in the future? Any new routes maybe that you're allowed to tell us about? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the thing for us is going into COVID. I mean, it's it's been, you know, in my, I remember in March 2020 when we started getting these rumblings of this. Yeah, I think we all started seeing the news in January and Feb, didn't we? And one of the things my boss said, and we were having a laugh the other day. He's, a, he's the CEO of Liverpool. He's a, he's a Geordie, like and a good fella. And we were having a laugh about not not a laugh about COVID, but looking back on how weird it's been. And he said, do you remember, Paul, when I asked you about this, like, it didn't even have a name, did it, at the start? No. Yeah. This flu thing in China. And I remember he'd said to me, will you go and, like, see if, like, what the impacts are when you get similar things? So I was, like, Googling SARS and yeah. all this stuff. And then looking at these, like, data systems we have and seeing, well, and I basically did all this boring work and said to him, well, I think in China, when SARS came, I seem to have, like, a two-week two to three week issue you know a little bit of a dip but nothing to worry yeah. about glad it wasn't just us who thought it was three weeks <laughs> yeah so john, john my boss like the shareholders are writing to him like starting to think well this doesn't look great and he he, he writes back to them ah oh, don't worry about it paul's told me it's fine <laughs> <laughs> he's like paul said it won't, it won't be a problem and he went and on top of that we don't fly to china so don't worry about it and yeah. he's like I'm going to print off that email and put it on the wall. It's like <laughs> my no, it's, career down moment. But well, yeah. I think loads of people were the same where I was doing with John and Sean and they literally had to sit me down and say, and I was going, well, oh, was it two weeks? Not one. 
I said, well, it'll be, and they, they asked, and they went, no, Sandra said, this isn't going to be, and I went, no, it is, don't be ridiculous, I remember, that, and I just, I couldn't comprehend it, you know, and I think so much, especially people in business, we were all in the same mindset, you know, like, what when it started getting a bit, you know, real for us, it was like, because we had quite a big network to Italy, like Rome and Milan. I remember it got, it was Italy, really, was the first European. And all of a sudden we started seeing, like, you know, the numbers on Italy declining. Yeah. And even, like, our own staff were coming into me going, you know, why aren't, why aren't we doing anything about these Italian flights? And I'm like, it was not yeah. up to us. It's the airline who has yeah. to cancel and border forces the people who man the borders, we are not allowed to man the border. So I yeah. we can't stop someone coming in the country. Uh, and then before you know it, you know, all of a sudden you've got nothing. I mean, I, yeah. you know, we, we were looking uh, a few weeks ago and uh, like stats of COVID that someone had asked for. And March mm -hmm. 20, we did something like 340,000 passengers, which should have been about 400, you know, mm -hmm. but it fell off. And then in, in April 2020, we did 800 passengers for the whole month. Wow. Uh, and who, who, would, who would are those people? What sort of, like when we were in lockdown, what sort of people were flying? It was a bizarre time, Ellen, honestly. It was bizarre because, you know, we went from having, I don't know, 200 people to, to like there was me, the CEO, uh, the finance director, and the operations director was pretty much it in terms of non-operational people. So was we it? were Paul, do you do a lot of cargo flights? Well, that, that was the thing at the, at the time. We uh we decided to keep the airport open for one one main thing, which was Logan Air, who fly yeah. Liverpool to the Isle of Man and Derry. We kept we kept the Logan Air flight on. They wanted to run it because mm -hmm. it it essentially brings it there's a patient health contract on it. So it brings sick patients over to Liverpool who has a better uh hospital infrastructure but it was it was coming in in the morning with like four people on it would go back out with no one on come back with no one on and then take the four people back nice. and then we did a few repatriation flights you know like, mm -hmm. like a couple of norwegian airlines flew taking yeah. norwegians back yeah but we survived really in terms of you know the airport was closing I and mean, we were literally it was you know it sounds ridiculous but the flight had landed we'd offload the passengers send the plane off and literally shut up shop. It was like pull the shutters down, we're closed until yeah. six o'clock. And we were very much doing open on demand. I mean, freight, you mentioned it, uh, Sandra, we did a lot of PPE flights, yeah. uh, automotive flights. And, you know, we were being blunt. I mean, it, the, the revenue on those flights was quite good and it helped us, yeah. you know, helped us. We were still losing money, yeah, but it, it was something that worked. And then the other... Yeah, not benefit because you can't have a benefit from COVID, but the things that we saw a lot of were sports flights. So when football restarted and all this stuff, like literally all the teams were flying, you know, because of the yeah. bubbles. So yeah. even you know, Liverpool and Everton typically would use the airport for longer flights, but yeah. you know, we were getting some like Preston North End and Blackpool were flying to Bournemouth, which you know is purely a safety issue, really. It was yeah. you know, yeah. They, they're having COVID tests. They can't. Sounds horrible in a way. They didn't want to mix. They just want to get on a plane. Cause yeah, because they, they want to play and everything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was just a weird time. I mean, our jobs went from sort of, you know, my job typically is like long-range planning, really, to very much, are we open tomorrow, guys? You know, and wow. if we are, you know, you know, we're getting requests from all kinds of people, you know. I couldn't write it on us. I'd love to think, sit back and you know, be like a rich guy in Spain wants to come home and, you know, can you open the airport, please? And, you know, this is ridiculous. You know, you know literally brokers ringing me up going, how much to open your airport? And I'm like, well, who is it? To that level, it was, you know... It it's was, amazing, I'm, isn't it? Having the power to phone an airport and say, can you open for me? It's yes, just like yes, nothing. I'd be surprised how many people ask, honestly. Uh, I mean, we took a view of, you know, we're not opening unless it's of, you know, real significance, i.e. Yeah. is it a medical emergency? Does it help? Is it a medical help to someone? Is it P is it bringing PPE in? Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it helping people get back to normal? So sports flights. Uh, and then 
you know, the, the big thing for me is like at Liverpool, you take a route like Liverpool to Belfast for granted. You know, we have so many of them. But it was like really exciting news when I remember getting a call off, you know, my counterpart at EasyJet and he was like, I think we're going to be able to restart Liverpool to Belfast. He's like, and this is EasyJet, you know, I don't know, second, third biggest airline in Europe, not flying anything, no flights yeah. anymore. Liverpool to Belfast is one of three routes we're bringing back. And yeah, it was like really exciting news. Oh, we're getting two yeah, flights. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like the first signs of, you know, because like you guys Come say, on, yeah, you go from that sort of, oh, this is a short term. Yeah. Thing, but you start panicking because you think, well, not just from a work perspective, but personally, you're like, when's stuff getting back to normal? Yeah. You know, like, you know, you've got kids. It's like, well, when are my kids going back to school? When are my kids going to be allowed to play with their mates? And, you know, yeah. when an airline rings and says, do you know what, Paul, there's enough demand for us to fly mm. a plane to Belfast. You Like, it's a bit of a, you know, gives you a bit of a kicker of, you know, optimism because you're like... A bit of hope, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm very optimistic about travel in the future, Paul, for the airport. Tell us some exciting routes we've got coming then. Yeah, I mean, we've announced, obviously, we've got new this year. Uh, I'm trying to think of what excitement. Lufthansa to Frankfurt. We've just announced Malta again, uh, which starts in the winter. Uh, Las, Las Palmas in Gran Canaria. We've announced Reykjavik in Iceland. Oh, yes. Uh, that, that's so that, cool. That, it's a new airline in Liverpool called Play. Uh, so they, they start, I think, in October, October the 7th. Ooh. So. I went, I went to Iceland in 2018 to to meet uh, them to talk about Liverpool and what a destination, I have to say. I mean, everyone, you know. our friend went, didn't she, Christine? Everyone yeah. loves it who goes. Loads Bill. of people who, and it's like the Northern Lights, and there's like loads of stuff, and like loads of dead cool things to do. And um, it's, it's definitely on my list, Iceland, yeah. I would say, honestly, it's as like different a place as you'll ever go, you know, and it's only two and a half hours away. It's, 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 it's brilliant. And then next year, we're just in the sort of realms now, planning a few, but I mean, we, we're, we're expecting five or six new routes into France and Spain next year, which I hope we'll be able to announce in the next sort of three to four weeks. Uh, brilliant. Which, you know, I think a couple of them are good city breaks, uh, which I think that market of any has taken a little while to respond because, you know, it's people aren't back in the habit yet doing two days abroad. Uh, yeah. but yeah definitely I mean the big thing for us is to try and get more more leisure based stuff because one of the things that happened with COVID is we went from when you're not allowed to fly the, the routes which were working through the, the tough parts of COVID was all Eastern European because yeah. no one wanted to go on holiday no one wanted, couldn't go on a pity break the one thing that people wanted to do was go back and see the family and you know yeah. The UK does have a big overseas population, the Northwest particularly, big Polish, Romanian, popular Bulgarians. So we got these flights back on quite quickly purely because there was a demand. Uh, and then we were after more of this. It's like, you know, I'm talking to guys at Ryanair and saying, well, you can't fly here. What about places you've never heard of probably? You know, I was like, fly to Sibiu in Romania. And they're like, where? You know why? And I'm like, because you can only fly it from London and there's a demand. Kasica yeah. in Slovakia, Kaunas in 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 Latvia, all these places where you, you probably look at me and go, why the hell are you asking someone to fly there? But in COVID, that was where people wanted to go. I mean, and have any of those flights stayed on or or have they, was all, that just a short time? Actually, all of them, but what we're seeing now is a bit more transition to normality, whereas yeah. those flights were particularly busy, but I'm talking like relatively busy. I mean, you know, we, we had flights, honestly, like 189 seat planes to Alicante going with three people on them, four oh, people, wow. you know, demoralising to see, yeah. you know, when, you know, we're looking at the, the revenue coming through off the flights and you're like four people flying to Alicante. Yeah. You know, Paul, I had to go to London on a train and um, I didn't see anyone else on the train and they didn't yeah. serve food or coffee or anything. And I had Sean had done me a little pack lunch and everything for me. And um, somebody came through and checked my ticket and I didn't see another person get on to London from Liverpool. It was just mental. 
bit scary, isn't it? I mean, the, the only route that like, survived, we had at one point, we had one international route and it was Bucharest and in Romania. And that, you know, we called it bulletproof at the airport because it didn't seem to matter what happened. There was always 180 people lining up to fly on it. And, you know, oh. we're just trying to, you know, it's probably only in the last six weeks we, we, we've started using the word normal again in yeah. the airport. We haven't. You know, we've sat there and not really worked to budgets, whereas before COVID, it was methodical planning yeah. of every passenger movement. And, you know, I would say it's only the last few weeks we're sort of talking about a normal trend and, you know, a bit of confidence yeah. that I can go into an airline and say, do you know what, you should fly to Toulouse from Liverpool. Why? Yeah. X, Y, and Z, and confidently think, I know it will work. Whereas, you know, let's all, you know, touch wood and hope there's no more, no more yeah. pandemics and, you know, I'm sure there'll be challenges around the corner because there always is in aviation. But after I'm like in a positive moment. I think like the airport has come through an incredibly difficult time. I mean, you couldn't write this stuff. You no, can't well, um, write. So many sectors have been affected, but it's exciting for the future, though, isn't it? So we all need no. to care for definitely and use it and go to Germany via Frankfurt. Use Lufthansa. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Oh, That's going to be our big shout out to everyone. Get on Lufthansa, isn't it? Wherever you go and go via. Yeah. <laughs> We've got 70 routes there at Liverpool. And, you know, it wow. frustrates us when you see, you know, I, I still think with Liverpool that if you walk through Liverpool one and say to 50 people, write down how many routes there are in Liverpool. I think 20, say under 15. And I think people still think, oh, you know, you get to Alicante and. Yeah. And, and, I would never know, have thought Dublin. there was 70. I would never have thought. Yeah, so. it, it, you know that that's it, and it, it frustrates us when passengers from Liverpool, you know, have to use Manchester. We get that, you know, I do. There's times we don't, we can't yeah. fly. Not Manchester, but our, you know, we have to be in that position where we're telling people, you know, you can fly to Rome from Liverpool, you can fly to Milan, you can fly to Geneva, you know, you can fly to Nice, and people. You know, people people are using Liverpool because you know it's like anything in life. When you've had an airport the size of Manchester dominating the landscape since 1960, yeah. it takes time for people to, you know, I think the new younger generations maybe, but you know, get brought up with Liverpool being a bigger airport. But let's yeah. be honest, until 1998, you know, Liverpool didn't have an airport really to speak of. It was, I flew for Monarch, didn't I, in the early uh, 90s for four years. And I had to drive to Manchester every day to work. And it was so frustrating. And then I went down to work in London for BA. It, it was so... So I've always, like, followed the airport. I love it when the airport gets new routes. And it's good for my business as well with languages. I just love it. I think it's great for the city, for the whole area. It's brilliant. I have to say, uh, passengers have been so supportive, you know. I mean, we so pre-COVID, we were used to people complaining about car park charges, and they still do, but... But at the same time, does it? We sense a real desire from people in the Liverpool city region to to want to use Liverpool. They write to us and tell us, and you know, a message from us is we're not sat there waiting for nothing to happen. We work really hard. Winning airline routes is difficult. You know, it, it's it's probably knocking the door opens the hardest bit of the job. You can yeah. get very close, and you know, I think since I've been at Liverpool, it's probably got I don't know ten new airlines. I've probably met. 150 <laughs> you know it's, wow. it's like we were you know we're, we're never quiet we're never not trying but the, the financial you know commitments to get that go into these things from the airline and the airport are extreme and uh, you know it's uh but but the, every effort's going in to make sure that the airport you know keeps growing and keeps uh gets back on it. brilliant keep up the fantastic Amazing. Yeah, definitely to keep up the fantastic work, and uh, let's hope we get even more. Let's hope the seventies a hundred from uh, from next year. Make you that busy. So we've got any quick red face moments. San, have you got a red face moment for us? Something slightly a embarrassing. A hideous laugh with on my arm <laughs> that I've had to go the walking with on Saturday. That's the only thing this week. Oh. What about you? No, I think I've been safe this week. Oh well. Then. What about you, Paul? Have you had any embarrassing moments in your career? Oh, in my career, like many, I would imagine. Uh, actually, yeah, I've missed a couple of flights, really, which given my uh, job, <laughs> really, like 
got you know got the wrong train and then missed missed the flight. That's happened to me a couple of times. Actually, one that does spring to mind. We went to meet an airline in in Scandinavia. I think it where was it Sweden, and uh, me and me and my colleague flew over and we'd met them about six months before. I texted the lad who was working and uh, he said, yeah, 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 we're still on ball, no worries. Got landed in Stockholm, walked to his office and uh, I was with my boss at the time. I was like, yeah, I think we're going to get this one. And, uh, yeah, I'm really confident we've got this one. Got there and the office was boarded up <laughs> and I was like meeting him in five minutes. So I rang him and went, hey, where's the office? And I went, oh, I forgot to tell you, we've moved. And we ended up having to get a taxi. It was about seventy-five minute drive on the other side of Stockholm. <laughs> turned up an hour late. Oh no! They were the, the Scandinavians are lovely people, and they were They're quite so cool. Polite. And he was like, really, you know, because you don't think really. Well, have they moved office? He hasn't said anything. But the, no. I had about five in the taxi with my boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We've nailed this, yeah, and then it's boring. Yeah, no, really. yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, let's get with this one. Well, in the bag. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so, do we have any um, shout out to the grown ups? I'm going to go first, okay? Well, so I've got a shout out to Sandra and to Ronan okay, oh. for looking after the pop star. Oh, no. So, while we were away, they looked after Poppy. Um, so thank you so so much and she's under my feet now and she's still you know um, what chilling. but she was brilliant you know much better than last time Paul when I minded the dog and I, I woke up and the dog had got into my room and her head was on the pillow next to me in the night and I was like that oh my god <laughs> it was really good she little a little whimper but I have to, I go to a business meeting and I sort of leave the house at like six o'clock in the morning on a Friday and Ronan said, when I went out the door, he had, like, proper howling, not whining, but like he said, I've never heard a dog howl like that before. Oh, and, that's because that she'd missed her. Um, I've also got a shout-out to Des. So Des oh. made award-winning scones, and I went there today, because rather than us going to the office, I went to his house and said, we did some way. And he gave me one of his award-winning scones, and they were absolutely incredible. And the last one is to the vibe. So the Vibe is a little community centre who for people with learning disabilities. And they've actually got a radio station for this week. And it's on 87.7 FM. And I was there. They invited me to be their guest today. And it was just fab. Um, and they were hilarious. And uh, Jenny's doing an amazing, amazing job. Um, so, yeah, if you can listen out to 87.7 uh, or give them a little text or a shout out on socials. That'd be cool. uh, so that's today. Um, I've got a few shout outs as well for the grown-ups. Um, okay. Victoria Chung, who's absolutely gorgeous from uh, Opal Rooms Beauty Spa in Smithdown um, by um, Green Band Park up that way. Um, they won a business game changer UK. They won a national award for a salon, which, and she's so lovely. And, you know, you were talking before, they had a terrible time. All the salons, it was horrendous for them in lockdown. So she did really well. Uh, shout out for the young people, I should have said before, but and the grown-ups for the teachers, where I used to teach one in the one of the schools in the observatory school they won a regional robotics competition and they're all kids with different um you know they're neurodiverse uh, they're not in mainstream Brilliant. education and to me mate's mum um karen davis who has karen davis sugar craft and i remember them setting that business up doing little molds in the shed in the garden they're just an incredible business now. And they've got a massive stand they've had at the BBC Good Food Show. And that was fantastic. Wow. For them, they're just such kind people as well. So they're all my shout Amazing. Have you got any shout out to grown ups, Paul, very quickly? You know what? I'm going to give it to my dad because he's 76 and he's flying uh, to France on Friday for the first time since COVID. And I think he's a bit nervous. So uh, I'm just still made up. He's. Go, He's Mr. Winfield. That. You'll you know, smash it, mate. You'll be well, sound. You'll be fine. Brilliant. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Paul, do you have a mantra that you live by? Because we're going to close the show, but just a little something that you live by, a little positive quote that we can leave with everybody. I, th I think for me, honestly, I, I don't know if it's a quote, but what I would say is I, I didn't work the hardest at school, if I'm honest. And I always say that to my kids. I was a bit lazy at school. And I think... You know, I kind of try and push them harder now. So it was like, you know, just when you get up, 
even if you're feeling crap and tired, just you know, always give it hundred percent. Because I have in my working life actually, but I look back in school and think, why was I like that? You know. <laughs> but, but you've done all right in my working life, so I'm always like pushing the kids to, you know, not do what I did at school. <laughs> Amazing, great ambassador for the city. You really are. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah, my Uncle Ron says, great show, well done. Um, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you very much to Paul for giving us time. We know he's super busy and for all the amazing stuff you're doing for our city. Uh, massive thank you to Sandra and myself. And we'll see everybody next week. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye-bye.